Good evening, Alexa Mitchell. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm very good. Thank you. So welcome to the Makers and Doers podcast, the podcast behind the new business that I've been working on for the last few months, which has been pretty exciting, but it's also pretty scary at the same time, truth be told. Now, I am the founder of the Makers and Doers School, Jerry Scullion. And I'm working towards a launch in the next couple of months, all things going well. I am still in the hunt for a venue in and around Clontarf in Dublin and Ireland, where I live. And I want to test some of the program out and would love to have the sort of the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned here in the podcast, folks, for all these kind of updates. In this episode, I chat with one of the most naturally gifted people I know, Alexa Mitchell. Alexa's helping out with the Makers and Doers School as a faculty member at the moment meaning that they're helping curate lesson plans and the curriculum. And the funny thing is, I've known Alexa since she was 11 years old. And her mum, Maraid, truthfully, is really, she's the reason I became a designer. Her help when I was in fifth year in school was integral for me to getting a place in NCAD in Ireland where I studied industrial design. And you're going to hear from Maraid in the coming weeks too, because Maraid is an integral part of the Makers and Doers School. So in this episode, we chat about the broadest of topics. What is art and what is design and how Alexa is guiding her three children ages four and a half and two and two. Yes, that's right. She has twins. She looked out. So I chat to her about how she's guiding the children on their own journeys in the art and design worlds whilst at home. We also touch on why we believe art and design is so important for health reasons for the young minds and the life skills that it gives them as well. So let's jump in. Yeah, so uh, uh, nice to to be talking to you. Yeah, nice to be talking to you. Are the kids in bed, Alexa? The the kids are in bed and actually Shane is supervising the... um, final hurdle of trying to get the twins to lie down and sleep uh, uh, in their I think it's grown easy. up beds. I think it's easier <laughs> to land a 747 than it is to put kids to bed. I think so, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But um, I'm, I'm, soothing, I'm soothing myself with uh, some bubbles, so I'm fine. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I'm having a night off. A night off. Self-medicating. <laughs> um, yeah. Alexa, how I know you studied, um, was it textile design? Um, was it? Uh, yeah, I studied, I studied textile design, yep. In NCAD. Uh, when did you finish? Yep. Oh, God, what a question. Um, I think <laughs> I graduated in, uh, yeah, yeah, well, over here. Um, I think I graduated, it must have been 2006, I think it was. 2006, okay. Was, a couple yeah, of years after me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, a few, a few years, but not, not that, not that much, uh, not, not much after you. It was more. Um, it's just thinking that it's nearly twenty years ago is a bit of a shock, you know. Yeah, I'm at the <laughs> twenty year mark. How would you describe what art is? I. It's a big question. I. The big question, yeah, it is a big question. I, I feel that art is something that stops you in your track, uh, and speaks to you, and that. It doesn't necessarily have to be imagery. Um, I feel like it's yeah something that speaks to you personally, um, and it could be yes. The obvious thing is uh, an image and um, the photography or or you know the traditional mediums of art like uh, painting or, or illustration. Mm. But I also think it can be how 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 a chair 
fields underneath you or or um how somebody has arranged planting in a garden um, or how how a car feels to drive. Um, I think it can be um, anything that, that speaks to you. Um, and sometimes that's a, a, a negative thing and people want to evoke conversation through their creativity. Mm. Um, but I, I, I think generally it's a positive thing and it makes you feel. It, makes, it, it generates a response in you personally. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. So some of those things that you, you spoke about, you know, about how, what the car feels like to when the chair feels like when you sit in it. The next question yeah. is really what is design? Because I would consider some of those yeah. elements to be closer to the, the design side of things. And, you know, we we both went to the same university and we both what would fall into art school. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. we studied design. So um, mm-hmm. For people listening to this and the Makers and Doers podcast, mm-hmm. they're probably mm-hmm. like, is art design and is design art? Um, so how would you describe then the flip side of what is design? I I feel that design is um, more about purpose. Uh, and it's more about um, creating something or or using something in a in a more purposeful way rather than just the the joy of it but there is a huge amount of overlap i think there's a well for want of a better word a spectrum between art and design and there's an ebb and a flow um but i feel that that there's it's it's less about the the um (laughs) it's not even less about the visual but there is with design it's definitely more specific and uh, to make life better or more more pleasurable or uh, to evoke uh, easier use yeah. um, and if that is if that is beautiful it's to answer some sort of question it's to answer uh, some sort of uh, difficulty that's encountered and to make that better um, uh, and when it comes to art there's that art element to make it attractive to the to the person and different people find different things attractive yeah um, so so, so yeah. in in um designs so i did industrial design so mm-hmm. most of it was the design of the physical things but over once i finished i started getting into the more the digital world and interaction design mm-hmm. and user experience design yep. and service design mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and design for me was always about the function um and mm-hmm. design always had a business so if you're looking at a venn diagram there is typically mm. technology was woven into design business was woven into design and art was yeah. was kind of like excluded from the conversation it was more like the artists are over there you know coming up with something that was full of expression whereas that was mm-hmm. it tends to have been omitted from the design uh, conversation which is not necessarily fair because i see des- art as being an integral part of design and it's kind of like a an iterative process to feed the feed the creativity feed the the kind of the fire for design to be successful well i think i think it is uh, the awareness of um the the uh yeah again the spectrum of design is uh, growing I think there is education as the world has opened up with the internet and with accessibility and, and with news. 
um, and travel, I feel that people are becoming far more aware and their eyes are being opened to what what they could have. Um, and for example, like with Apple, um, it, it, Steve Jobs said that if he wanted to lick the product, if he wanted to eat it and devour it, it was beautiful. And he, he needed to have that physical desire to have it within him. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I think looking around, people are far more conscious, even things like, uh, you know, the, the, the house programs and the garden design programs. Um, there is a renewed appreciation. Uh, there is more of available. Mm. Uh, certainly um, uh, from when I was growing up and you'd see even British magazines of interiors or mm. they'd, they'd delve into product design. Um, the grand designs. You can, you, yeah, you can access that in a way uh, that you couldn't before. Um, and yes, it may be sitting on a container <coughs> coming across the seven seas for you know a couple of months, but the point is you can get it if you want it and you're willing to pay the customs. So... Um, I think accessibility has opened the appreciation. Yes, there's a lot to do with the education in and around it, yeah. uh, the possibilities. Um, I feel that I feel that when it comes to um, building your personal project in design, um, Ireland, in its nature, by population um, and being essentially uh, uh, surrounded by water, mm-hmm. uh, it's not as I suppose, uh, accessible to put together or to um, see your ideas uh, promptly. I yeah. think there's there's a greater amount of work um, attached to it because you have to source and um, find appropriate places and, and then cost comes into that because we, we are yeah. turned by water, as I say. Um, but I do feel there's, there's, there's a new appreciation and an awareness and people are much more much more uh, in tune with what they what they like themselves yeah um, yeah and and uh with our busy <clears throat> lifestyles and also people working from home after covid i think people appreciate things that work well um, yeah. uh, and there's uh, people especially with when it comes to financial the finances of things um you want something that's going to do a job really well and properly within your budget. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and why not have it as a as a an attractive thing in your mind as well or in your eye as well? Sure. So someone made a point to me the other day that over the last fifty years we've been looking to Britain as being the place where we would source design excellence, but since Brexit it's kind of built the wall a little bit higher and now we're forced to go into mainland Europe where there's Mm -hmm. a huge array of other types of and all types of design. So there's a greater Mm -hmm. array and it's kind of forcing us to to look beyond the the British sphere, which can only be a good thing, I guess, like, you know, if we're exposed to more different types of design, like other businesses that sell um, furniture that are German made or Swedish made or whatever it is. Mm -hmm, Certainly. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, Alexa, well, we were chatting there the other day and you've got um, a beautiful four and a half year old. Is is your daughter four and a half? Four and a half? Four and a half, yeah. Four and a half. And mm-hmm. um, I remember Maraid, who's also going to be appearing on the podcast soon, folks. Um, Maraid was telling me that your daughter can now uh, sew. Is that right? And Yeah, I have been, I've been teaching her hand embroidery, yeah. So I'm really keen to tap into designers that I know 
who have kids and what they're doing at home to introduce them to, I guess, art and design, because I'm doing something similar with with my children as well. And I know any of my other designer friends who've got kids, they, they can't help themselves but look at those little young minds as being experimental feeding grounds for testing and how to get them to follow in our footsteps, possibly. But what's the nature of um, introducing your daughter at such a young age to, to knitting? What are the benefits of this, do you think? Um, well, certainly, uh, one of the, the, the primary reason I started it was to spend time with her. Yeah. Um, the, uh, she, I mean, she sees me sewing and making all the time because I'm, I'm constantly, the, the, the need to, to do something, uh, with my hands in, in that way, in that creative visual, um, mm. way just overflows I, I just there's always something so whether it's um you know decorating the house with the seasons or you know decide, deciding on where to plant certain plants and the colors and the textures um and even i mean right now i'm sitting in front of the sewing machine and then making the girls uh summer summer dresses um so there's just a, there's a need for me to to constantly do something um and with her i wanted to spend time with her i wanted to spend one-on-one time with her because i have uh, this two-year-old twins and they've just turned two so I'm extremely conscious of making sure that the time I spend with her is um, one-on-one time where we have that mindfulness I'm teaching her something she's willing to learn I, I, when it comes to the embroidery and the threads and things like that I, I'll let her select her colors I have an array of colors generally pink and purple you know so um, <laughs> but she she the primary thing to get her to do to begin with was to learn how to maintain the thread in the needle hmm. and literally just get her used to the movement and the feeling of the thread and when the thread was running out and it was in and out of the fabric. So I got her an embroidery hoop, I got her a bodkin needle and I have very thick embroidery thread. Okay. And in a strong in a strong colour. Um and the fabric I have is, is super soft and what I did was I didn't do any drawing on it or anything like that I just let her feel the movement up and down and she she created in her mind a house um, and this is what she saw with her creation Um, and it was just to get her just to get used to the movement and then she started to want to do more complex things things that maybe she kind of were a little bit too complex Mm. Um, so I drew, uh, it was Halloween, she wanted to do a witch and I drew a witch and we were trying to choose different colours for the different parts of the witch and she would follow the outline as best she could. Mm. Um, and again, it's that dexterity, it's that quiet, it's that time spent together um, and it's that confidence because what's wonderful about seeing mm. the embroidery thread is you can really see your progress yeah. and you can see what you have done or have not done but it's also a really good way if you make a mistake you just unpick that thread yeah. and you can you can go again and there's no consequences there's no hang-ups you can just keep going and uh it's that learning that a mistake is okay mm-hmm. um and that there's there's more thread there's more fabric we can go back we can fix it you know so um yeah it, it was that that confidence building thing in her but also that that relationship building thing i wanted to mm. do with her as well and um, so um, that was really important to me. And she, she enjoys it. And sometimes 
sometimes she she will be holding the thread or she'll be holding the needle and she may not even do anything. She just wants to sit there and we have a chat about whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, but also more recently, um, I was in a shop and I saw little um, uh, paper shapes that were perforated um, and ideal for learning how to sew. So I bought some of those for her as well. And we, we take those out every so often. And what's nice about those is they are held in the hand rather than being restricted by the hoop shape. Mm. Um, and again, they're very decorative. So these just happen to be Christmas decoration shapes. And she was able to create little patterns on these Christmas decorations. So she, and then she's able to hang them on the tree and she creates something and she can celebrate it. And yeah, yeah but, but there's also that, it, it's very calming. Yeah. Um, now, now there are moments. There are moments of frustration, and we have to say, Tantrums. "Okay, why don't we take a break and 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 try this again tomorrow?" Because you know she's enjoying it. It's just that she's frustrated with her own um, limitations, stage of progress. Yeah, um, and it is that kind of just that slow development and giving it time. And she is a child, and she started when she was she was about four, um, and it's learning that dexterity, um, but. I enjoy her interest yeah. as well. And really, she wants to spend time with me. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but it's a life skill, you know. Let's learn to fix it, fix the button. <laughs> Absolutely. But more than, more than that, it's knowing you haven't done something before and not being afraid to give it a go. Yeah. No, uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's an amazing um, skill to have. It's something that I learned in the Boy Scouts and I sometimes mm. am forced to do it myself. Um, mm-hmm. I don't have too many buttons on my clothes anymore. Thankfully, I just wear T-shirts all the time. <laughs> but, um, but in terms yeah. of o- other creative outlets, um, where would your daughter be in terms of like what what other things are they exposed to on a day to day basis in your house? And what what, what, do, um, what are the things that you encourage? Uh, I encourage a lot of play with Lego. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of play with Lego because again there's no consequences if something breaks it could be rebuilt yeah. and so there's a huge um, reward in that particularly when you know younger brother or sister comes along and it smashes so there's um, uh, there's a huge reward in that but also the limitations of Lego I feel are, are limitless you can mm-hmm. wherever your imagination will take you it, it, it you can you know build it and certainly the um the boxes of the mixed blocks have been uh, liberating mm. because yes, we have instructions and it's nice to create something final and something that you deliberately purchased or was given to you. But uh, the real joy comes from creating something out of nothing. Um, and certainly my son, who is two and three months, four months now, uh, enjoys it too and requests to play Lego with the small pieces. Uh, he wants to make things um, too. So that, that's, a, that's a primary thing with us. Another thing is... Um, uh, creative play. So uh, my eldest is dancing, yep. and of course my 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 daughter, my my second daughter, uh, is really enthusiastic about that as well. So we have a lot of music in our house. Uh, no piano yet, but it's on the cards. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of music in the house, and they leap around and they dress up in all sorts of things. And it could be a towel wrapped around their shoulders, and they're playing uh, witches or wizards or something like that, and they're dancing to um, anything from. Taylor Swift to Edward Greek, it could be anything. So right. um, uh, it, it's what it, whatever they're exposed to at the time. Um, and certainly with dancing, a lot of music can be classical. Um, yeah. And I think that that's 
think it's very good for them because their associations then when they hear it on the radio in the background of an ad, it's amazing what they remember and where they pick things up. Um, and my children are the sort of children that, you know, sit in the shopping trolley in the supermarket and jump around to whatever music is playing in the background. So um, culturally, I think, yeah, the the, the playfulness, the, the fancy dress, the um, creating tents, creating um, dens, um, little hidden environments. Um, it could be they're playing cafe uh, and they're, they're reenacting uh, experiences that they witness uh, in day-to-day life, but also maybe things that they've read in a story or seen on television. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's enabling that in, in a very playful way um, uh, and facilitating that. But also things like trying to trying to keep it simple, not trying to overload them with too many things and stuff that does yeah. too much for them. Yeah. I, I prefer toys where they have to use their imagination and have to create something out of nothing. I find if it's already done for them, it's a, it's a personal preference, but I feel that if something's already done for them, uh, it doesn't challenge them. Yeah. Um. So that's the fun is in the journey. Yeah, mm, yeah. I mean, it's good for them to kind of, you know, if they have a straw to pretend it's a microphone or to, you know, make it a wand or you know, make it an eye a, like a, a telescope. I I think it's important that they can self open in that way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, look, Alexa, you're going to be popping in and out on the podcast. So um, this is really just it's episode one. So you've kind of popped the cherry of uh, episode one for Makers and Doers podcast. Um, so we'll, we'll catch up with you again uh, probably in another couple of weeks. Have a good evening. Hey. And enjoy the uh, the bottle of wine with the straw on it. <laughs> I, I, I certainly will. My microphone is there. Uh, listen, thanks for talking to me. Um, thank you.